He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the one and only Chelsea Handler. She is here talking about her vaccinated and horny tour, 40 city tour and it kicks off July 10th. We'll give you all the dates as we go. But without further ado, let me bring in Chelsea Handler. Chelsea, how are you? Hi. Good morning, Frank. I'm well. I'm very excited to come to Philly. How are you? Doing well. And, you know, people are excited to come and see you in person. And, again, we're still getting used to being able to see people in person. It's uh, got to be exciting for you, too. And, again, I know you've been doing dates and all of that, but we're getting a little bit more normal. And, you know, I've got to believe that you've got to be happy about permanently getting in front of an audience. Uh, yeah, it's been very fun. It's a good time to remind people to, uh, you know, forget about the last two and a half years and just for at least 90 minutes and um, laugh together, be together at a big audience and just, uh, you know, make fun of how ridiculously we all behave. You know, the last time we spoke, I got so much response from what I brought up. And it's so true. There is a hole in the entertainment universe ever since Chelsea lately went off the air. And it really is, if you think about it. And I'm not putting down anybody else who's out there doing something similar or trying to do something similar. But there's a huge hole, and you've got to admit that there's a big vacancy there. Your show launched so many people, and it was just a different type of audience that tuned in. You've got to notice that yourself without being immodest, right? You notice that there's a big gap now that you're not doing that same show again. Uh, yeah, you know, we've been talking about possibly doing a reboot of Chelsea later, an updated version. Uh, Joe Coy, funnily enough, is, you know, my boyfriend currently, I don't know if you've heard about that, but he and I are penetrating now. So <laughs> he is actually going to be on the road with me just for this run of shows this week. So he's coming with me to Philly, to D.C. So, yeah, you will see a little bit of Chelsea Lately action on stage, actually, because uh, when he travels with me, we... We like to sit, well, usually it's a surprise, but I guess I just blew it. But we like to go on stage together and kind of, uh, you know, talk about our relationship, how we got together. He believes I've been in love with him this whole time, and (laughs) that's not true. You know, clearly he had a crush on me the whole time, and finally I I just surrendered because it was exhausting trying to resist him. With comedians, I always wonder when they say things on stage and they're going out and they're touring together, you know, is the other one thinking, you know, I I wish he wouldn't say that or I wish he wouldn't say that. You're kind of playing handball against the Bears cave when you're in a relationship and you're touring and you're on, you got a microphone in front of you. Does anything like that come into mind or are you just being yourself? Uh, no, I mean, we talk, I talk about my relationship with him. I mean, my whole, my whole act is about me never thinking I was going to settle down and never thinking that I was going to be with anybody, you know, and just kind of giving up on the whole notion or thinking about transitioning into a full-on lesbian. But, uh, yeah, so he surprised me and, uh, we, I talk about that a lot and he talks about me a lot on his show. So when we were able to get on stage together, I think we have two shows in D.C. Yeah, we have an early show and a late show in D.C. So when we get on stage together, we get to uh, kind of give it to each other, you know, in the same way that we did on Chelsea Lately. Uh, he has his version of events and I have mine. So 
but we, we're both comedians, so we know that, like, you know, it's, it's all, all fair game. I mean, we, we talk a lot about each other lovingly and, you know, uh, not so lovingly in a, in a jocular sense, not, not in a nasty sense, but we had years and years of us going at it on my old TV show. So our chemistry is kind of just a fun thing to, to, to be a part of, you know, we kind of really know how to give it to each other. He doesn't take any of my garbage. And I respect that, you know, that's what I'm looking for in a man, somebody who's like loving and amazing and also can put me in my place. I think that's what everybody wants especially if you have a personality like mine. I know a lot of men would like to put me in my place, but they don't all love me the way that they do. <laughs> You've got to be willing to let them put you in your place, too. So, you know, that's a whole other point. I, I always thought you guys had great chemistry together. I just thought professionally and everything else. And I know you alluded to it, that he said, you know, you've always been in love with me or whatever. Are you serious? There was no thought of that when you were going at it back then on screen you weren't thinking hey this might be uh, a future you know mr chelsea or anything like that you didn't have any of that in your mind at all no no definitely not and i wasn't thinking about any of the guys that were on the round table with me as potential love interests. i had because there was a dynamic there you know i was in charge and they were kind of like they were just like my little fraternity brothers that's what it felt like it felt like oh these guys are just a bunch of yeah, even though Joe's older than me, I looked at him as like, you know, younger male comics who were, I just assumed all male comedians were kind of, you know, strolled. <laughs> I was around enough of them coming up that I, I was very leery of ever dating one. And I really believed I would get through my life without having dated one. So to be dating him of all people after all this time, it's like, you know, I just kind of like, uh, everyone's just kind of you know, looking at me, and I'm like, I know, I know. Anytime you declare anything publicly, like, I would never do that, it ends up happening. I said I would never write another book. I would never do stand-up again. I would never get married. And, you know, as soon as you say those things, they end up happening. So I'm not declaring I'm not doing anything anymore. Chelsea Handler, vaccinated and horny tour is upon us. Everyone, uh, you can get tickets on sale starting June 18th. LiveNation.com is where you go. Chelsea, anything else you want to add to this before we let you go? And also, if you can, just give us any website or social media sites beyond LiveNation.com that we haven't given here already. The tickets are already available. Tickets are available right now for all the cities. ChelseaHandler.com. Go there to get your tickets. All right. Well, listen. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for being here, Chelsea. Have a good morning, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, thanks a lot. Chelsea Handler, everyone, has been our very special guest. You can see her here in New York. You can see her in Washington, D.C., Philly. People go there, but Port Chester is your best bet here. Your best bet to see her anywhere locally is, again, Port Chester. But check her out. She's always terrific. And, you know, she was one of the stars of Oxygen's Girls Behaving Badly, and then she kind of took off and... And I've seen her live. I've seen her do a show live. She's very, very good. You know, risque, of course. You're not going to bring the kids to see Chelsea Handler. And talking about her relationship and everything, Joe Coy, who we've had on this show a number of times, she's brought up here. We'll see how that works out. We wish them well, of course. But when you go out on tour together, you work together, and you start you know, cracking jokes about each other, you're going to risk your relationship. She doesn't care. She leaves it all 
out there on the stage. You know, she is constantly saying what's on her mind when all of this is said and done. Check out the Vaccinated and Horny Tour. It's, uh, it's coming to your area and tickets are on sale now. Frank McKay here, Chelsea Handler, has been our very special guest. I'm sure she's got some kind of social media site that she hasn't given. And somewhere, uh, yeah, I don't have it. No, Chelsea Handler, Google her. You can do it and check it out. I'm sure she's got uh, Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, probably Twitter, I would imagine. Chelsea Handler, everybody, has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the one and only Howard Jones. He is absolutely terrific. Here to talk about Dialogue, the third album of his planned quad. And he's absolutely wonderful as always i think he gets better and better as it goes on howard jones how are you yeah i'm very well thank you frank yeah good and you're touring with midge and i've got to believe you feel a little bit like you're getting back to normal yes yes that's right no 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 it's great i mean i i just did a festival on on saturday over in wales and um it was just so brilliant to to be be out there, you know, in front of a you know, fantastic crowd. Everyone's so excited to be going to music gigs again, you know, and and being together. And yeah, it's just brilliant. So, and I'm so, I, as you say, um, you know, I've got Mitch touring with me this time. It's so great to have him. Mitch, you're what a you know, the legend that he is, and I'm so glad that he's you know agreed to come out with me, and we're going to have a wonderful time. Well, listen, it's a nice combination, and we can't wait to see you out here. We'll be talking about the dates after we let you go. In the meanwhile, uh, let's talk a little bit about dialogue, and if you can give us a brief overview of how you feel. I imagine you got to be very happy yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very happy with the album. Yeah, I, I had, um, unusually, I had a lot of time in the studio because, you know, as we know, it was a pandemic and couldn't go anywhere, couldn't. Really go there, no touring, nothing. So I had plenty of time to experiment and work on, work on uh, developing the tracks. And I, the only thing was, I just didn't feel like writing any lyrics during that time because you know I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And I wanted to write uplifting lyrics. I've always tried to do that, that sort of help you know help spur you know be a cheerleader with the lyrics. And so I waited until you know, this year to actually do, you know, do the lyrics and and be in the right frame of mind and make them as positive as I possibly could. And, um, yeah, so that worked well because I, I kind of did the lyrics pretty spontaneously and, uh, and reasonably quickly for me because normally I, it takes me forever to do them. But, um, but they, they seem to pour out this time. And so that was the last thing that was added was was the vocal lines and the and lyrics and so um, it's it's just I'm so, I'm super happy with the way it's turned out. 
Yeah, I imagine you would. And in everything I've heard from it is just wonderful. It's interesting that you said that you wanted to wait until you were in a better frame of mind or could think more positively. Yes. Did you write anything at all that you kind of put aside that was in the downside and you just didn't air it here? Or did you forcibly stop yourself from writing completely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I did. I just didn't. I didn't. Um, I just wanted everything to be really upbeat, and and so I, I, I just, I just waited till, you know, I was in the right frame of mind, and you know, people are going to need to be cheered up here. People are, are need to get, to have a hopeful message after what we've been through, and so that was just the, the driving force for the lyrics, really. You've always seemed to me. As, and we've spoken before in the past, and I've always gotten the vibe from you that you're constantly creating. You're constantly thinking new music. That's nice because that's a departure from a lot of your colleagues and a lot of the folks that have kind of grown up in the business with you. A lot of people don't. I mean, they think live only and they kind of live off of the old music. But I think fans of yours, including myself, appreciate the fact that you are constantly thinking about writing and producing. Is there a lot of material that you have that we haven't heard? Yeah, there is, because I, I, I've sort of got three things on the go, really. The, the, the dialogue album, um, you know, that's coming out now. I've, I've also got a collection of piano compositions that I've been working on during the pandemic as well, which is going to be coming out probably next year. Um, and then during, you know, I think we we did one gig with a trio, so we did it um, at the Union Chapel in in London, um, and that hasn't been, it, it's been released as a sort of limited, uh, you know, CD, um, but we're, wait, we're going to release it on vinyl and also get it on streaming and things. So, so that's in the pipeline as well. But, I, but as soon as I get back, I'm going to work on two more things, which is another electronic album and, uh, a more song based, piano based, um, album. So I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's I. I feel compelled <laughs> to do this. This is what I do, so I should do it. <laughs> Well, listen, that's the best way to do something if you're feeling compelled to do it. Don't stop it. That's the artist in you coming out. And Dialogue is his latest. And as it comes out, it's a must get everyone. And he's out with Midgeor. And, uh, you know, catch him. Howard Jones is our very special guest. In case you just turned on the radio or you just joined us a little late. The wonderful Howard Jones is here and new music as always. And we could expect an album sometime next year. And that's always beautiful to know. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Howard Jones is our very special guest. If you can, is there anything you could share with us that you did as prep to kind of get back into touring mode? And whether, you know, maybe nothing, you know, maybe it's nothing, but whether mentally, physically, or emotionally to get back out there after, you know, what we assume is a long layoff. Well, you know, the biggest worry for for for, um, for me is, is 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 you know is my voice going to still be there? Because you know, voice is like any other physical thing; they need they need um, constant exercise to keep them in good shape. And but fortunately, you know, I've been doing a lot of singing in the studio, so I found that when I came back to rehearsals last week, um, it was just in really good shape. And in fact, it's probably 
um, good that it's had a bit of a rest, you know, so it can really recover. Um, and I had one of those things where they put a camera down your throat to have a look, see see how things going. And the guy showed me how my vocal cords were, and he said, "Oh, they're in really good shape, and there's no there's no redness, there's no uh, you know nodes or anything." So um, I, I feel I'm still blessed actually that I, I you know the voice is holding out so well. Um, and I just because I love singing, I'd hate to you know. To um, to you know to to have to back off on singing, I just love doing it. Well, listen, uh, we love it as well. I want to thank you for being here, but more importantly, before you go, if you can give us a website, a social media site, anything else that you'd like to add. Congrats on everything, Howard. Just a wonderful career and the latest music. Everything that I've heard yeah. from it is just terrific. Please give us any website or social media site yeah. you can. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's howardjones.com if you want to find out anything about me. So, um, But also, I just wanted to say, I haven't been saying this to anyone, but we, on the tour, we will have the new album for sale. And it's the only place you'll be able to get it. <laughs> so, uh, I really wanted that to be so for the people that can to go to the show. They get the first, uh, you know, they get the first look or listen. <laughs> Howard, thanks a million. Thanks for being here. And have a great tour. Thank you, Frank. Thanks so much. Howard Jones, everyone. You know him. He's got big hits from years ago. And by the way, he puts out good music. Howard Jones is a wonderful artist. Nice guy, too. We've had him on the show before. We've had him longer, a longer chat with him. You know, he's an intelligent guy. He's very thought out and introspective. And that's how I see him anyway. They call him the synth legend. And... Yeah, I guess I could see that, but he's he's very melodic. A lot of times when you hear about somebody being referred to as synth, you know, you think fabrication and you think everything else and that there's no emotion there. I think he sings with a lot of emotion. He writes with a lot of emotion. It's kind of interesting that he said during the pandemic that he tried not to write because it was going to come out negative and he wanted to stay positive. I think that's pretty, I don't want to say funny. Funny is the wrong word, but that's pretty poignant that he would say that. I've had similar conversations with artists and writers about it, but nobody quite said that. Nobody quite said, I didn't write at all during that time period because I didn't want it to come out negative. And that goes for you know people that are into literature, people make their living as literature playwrights or screenwriters. You know, I haven't heard anybody say they just stopped completely. But I could see it. I can get it. And, you know, it's a pretty candid thing to say. Howard Jones has been our very special guest. His latest is Dialogue. And get it when it's available. Check him out on tour with Midgeyor. And Frank McKay signing off. Howard Jones has been our very special guest. And we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Taylor Kalmus is our very special guest, and he is all over the place. Everyone 
who's anywhere near the internet has seen this guy and uh, do dad they know him as and he does such wonderful videos they're so entertaining he's terrific a lot of diy projects and so many other things his latest is a book it's a must read for everyone a dude's guide to baby size what to expect and how to prep for dads to be get this book and especially if you know somebody else who's ready to be a dad to be this is a good father's day gift taylor how are you I'm good. Thanks for having me, Frank. Well, listen, thrilled to have you. And you're from Colorado, right? Are you out there now, or are you kind of traveling around promoting yeah. the book? Uh, right now, I'm in Colorado. I have been doing a little bit of traveling, but uh, no, right now, I'm, I'm standing in my backyard. <laughs> I would imagine for a guy like you that the pandemic, and again, not to minimize, right, but I imagine the pandemic wasn't a big change of pace for you professionally, right? Because you make your own stuff and people are looking for content and especially your content. I mean, millions and millions of people were just, yeah. uh, you know, diving in head first on it. Is that a correct assessment or professionally did you kind of have to change schedules? No, 100%. It was the pandemic uh, worked for us, you know, and obviously for a lot of people it didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, at a time when traditional TV and films couldn't be made, we were just still shooting stuff from our house where we, you know, where we could be. Um, so it didn't change how we did anything. I did lose an intern. I remember when it first happened. That's how I knew that the pandemic was a real thing. They sent my intern home and I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. And then, of course, everything went uh, way downhill after that. Um, but for us, you know, like it just meant more people on their phones, more people watching videos, more people just needing humor in their day. And that's where we fit in. So, yeah, for for us, it, uh, you know, it it was a, not a good thing, but for us, it, it was it worked. It's an important thing to be able to find content that can keep you entertained during that. So, I mean, we shouldn't minimize, you know, people minimize entertainers and minimize, you know, certainly folks that are going viral on there. But I think that's just for now. I think guys like you have hit that threshold where you're starting to be appreciated for what you do and the skills that you have. If you think about it, when you grew up and when I grew up, I'm older than you, but we didn't have anything like this. I mean, I don't know what it would be. It would be no. like, a, you know, somebody, we'd have to find somebody on TV that had some kind of creativity and whatever. We'd have to go to a library and get a video, but we didn't have anybody like you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, back then it was just traditional Hollywood, which is where I started. And in, in that world, you have to get so many people that believe in you, you know, that, that not, and, and like specific people, right? Like you have to get the casting director to like you and the director to like you and, and of all these different projects that you have to fit yourself into, right? So that you're auditioning for these projects that hopefully fit you or whatever. But what I do now, it's like I get to do whatever I think is the funniest thing or the most relatable thing or the, the thing that needs to be said right now. I get to put out my voice of what I feel like and, and then get, you can go straight to the audience. There's no, there's nobody in between me and the audience. So I'm, a, I'm able to build this authentic, um, you know, connection with the audience, but build an authentic audience who's on board with what I'm doing, and I don't have to ask permission to do it. 
it's a good country. It's a great country. Let's face it. His latest book, his book, I should say, is A Dude's Guide to Baby Size, in case you're just joining us a little late or turning on your radio a little late. A Dude's Guide to Baby Size, What to Expect and How to Prep for Dads-to-Be. Please get this book. Taylor, if you can, you know, without spoiling of course, but give us a little overview of the book. Sure. Yeah, I mean, A Dude's Guide to Baby Size is basically a a manual for expecting fathers to get them prepared and excited about the epic journey that is fatherhood. Instead of comparing your unborn child to fruits and vegetables, <laughs> I compare it to things that men would know, like a 10-millimeter socket, a baseball, uh, a four-pound brisket. Um, and then I, each week is a new, uh, each chapter is a new week of pregnancy. It helps, you know, sort of you understand what's going on with your wife and with your baby, but then launches into a story about fatherhood and all the things that I've learned. Lots of funny stuff, lots of heartfelt stuff, lots of things to learn in there to just, you know, really just to get dads excited about the process and being involved. You know, I know your work, and like I said, it's wonderful. Really, it's entertaining, it's informative, it's just great, great stuff. But I've got to believe that everything that comes up in your life, every experience, you're thinking, hey, is this something I could kind of turn back and kind of teach to these guys? Can I lay this out? Can I turn this into a video? I imagine every time you turn around, you've got that thought going through your mind. For sure. Anything that's impactful to me, I think, could be impactful to other people. So it's really just like, a, you know, me and my wife talk about this all the time about being really vulnerable with who we are, with our experiences, so that we can share that with other people and help them, you know, feel more seen in the world. You know, like, I think, uh, like, for, for us, the content's not about us. It's about you, the viewer. So we try to open up as much as we can and things that we think are relatable so that then you, the viewer, can feel seen and feel comfortable in your own skin of who you are and your experiences. How much different was the process for you actually doing a book as opposed to doing what you normally do? It's a little out of your comfort zone, I would imagine. Uh, a little bit in the sense that uh, I've never, I wrote a, a dad joke book one time, but never a book like this. So there's just a different process. But uh, so much of what's in the book was pulled from old videos and stuff, like every little chunk of knowledge I have, we figured out how to like craft it and fit it into uh, into the book in a, in a new way. Um, so it was really just a matter of like, you know, going through all the old videos and finding sort of that through line of how it all fits together um, and then how to add in more to fill out the rest of it. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a crazy process. It's such a long process, not just writing the book, but everything that comes after it down to this phone call right here. A book is a crazy endeavor. I'll say that right now. Well, Taylor, congratulations, not only on the book, but on all of your success on the family. You got it all going. You're hitting on all cylinders. Give us a website or a social media site and everywhere else we should be following you. You bet. Um, you can find me on any social media platform. Just search Dude Dad. And uh, if you want to buy the book, it's at Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible. If you don't like to read and you want to hear me read it to you, go check out the audiobook on Amazon or Audible. Taylor, thanks for being here. Thank you. Taylor Kalmus, everyone. Get the book. Dude Dad is what he's known as, and 
His videos are viral. I mean, five to ten million plays each. Yeah, incredible success online. And again, there was no internet when I was growing up, so there was no internet sensations. And he's one of them. And people pick up on what he's doing and, you know, guys pick up. A lot of ladies, I imagine, are watching him. Dude Dad is his name, is his nickname on there. And it's a dude's guide to baby size, what to expect and how to prep for dads to be. And, you know, like like I said, anything that he does, you know, he could turn into a video. And at this point, when you have that kind of following, uh, you know, he has five million social media followers. And, you know, he's an invested father dedicated to raising his kids and as he puts it in the most epic way possible and you know he embraces grass stains and strive to create adventure for the kids it's a new world and guys like taylor kalmas have taken advantage of the in a positive way i should say taken advantage of the opportunities in front of them and like i said there was just nothing like this growing up I don't know, you know, Hollywood, you know, making videos and different things like that. And when the do-it-yourself shows came up, you know, you have, had to go there and you're at the mercy of that. It's a whole completely new world and you don't need a network. You don't need a station behind you. You can just kind of do it yourself. He did it himself and has made himself a fortune from what I hear anyway. I've got mutual friends. He's done very well for himself and for good reason. He's very, very passionate about all of this. Once again, get his book, A Dude's Guide to Baby Size, What to Expect and How to Prep for Dads-to-Be. Again, A Dude's Guide to Baby Size, What to Expect and How to Prep for Dads-to-Be. Taylor Kalmus has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on breaking it down. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Breaking It Down with Frank McKay, the most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the one and only Tony Danza. And I'll tell you what. If you haven't seen his live show, absolutely terrific. I'll be there, I think, on the 25th. Standards and Stories is the name of it. He is terrific. He is a great storyteller. You know, all of his work in the past. Absolutely thrilled to have him here. You can see him at Cafe Carlisle and 54 Below right here in New York City. Tony Danza, how are you? I'm terrific. Thank you very much. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Listen, I've got to believe that this is something you love to do. You love to get out there. You love to tell the stories. You love the live audience. I can't speak for you, but this seems like something that's in your blood. Truth of the matter is, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, I just did an interview just now, just before this one. And they played me singing 
in one of the gigs. Uh, I was singing one of Sammy Khan's songs, second time around. And I was listening to it. I didn't realize it was me. <laughs> so in a way, this is like this dream that I had when I was a kid. But I really didn't follow through on until I was, uh, you know, an adult after we divorced. And I decided, yeah, so I think I'm going to try to be a song and dance, man. And so I've been doing that. You know, um, you, let me tell you, Frank, a friend of mine got ill, a really good friend of mine. He's in Washington at home. I'm, run, I'm, I'm decided to run down and see him today. So I'm trying to get on a train to go to Washington, D.C. and see my friend Al. So it, it's a little... Reserved right now, but now I found my seat. I'm cool. Where were we? You were talking about this was a dream of yours, and you almost oh. said it like you weren't doing anything that was close to it. You were doing entertainment. You were doing acting. It was all kind of uh, part of it, and it sets up to do this. So it's not like you gave up your dream and you were doing construction or you were doing you were a lawyer or something like that. You were doing entertainment all along. So this, to me, just absolutely fits. But it is something that you've been thinking about for a long time, and you do it well. I tell you something, it's been an amazing journey. You know, last night I was at town hall with my piano player on a show and a, and a music review. And it's like I do it all the time now. I just go out and sing. It's a dance. It's, it's, it really is kind of, and, and it's like a gift. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you know, like Italians from fantasy to have a tuxedo, a microphone, and a stool, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of fun. I really have a great time doing it. Hey, there's a four-piece band behind you. What are the four pieces? Uh, drums, piano, bass, and guitar. Oh. And uh, they are just so terrific. You know, one of the things you learn, I, 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 if you're in this business for a while, you realize the better the musicians you're with, the better you, you, you sound and you do. So they're really terrific. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a song I do called uh, As Long As I'm Singing by Bobby Darren. And in the song, he says, if this band don't deserve me, then there's nothing in the world can hurt me. So that's how I feel about those guys. Hey, when you start going through the stories, you know, I'm talking before the show and before you came up with the concept or as you came up with the concept, did you have a difficult time narrowing it all down? I imagine there's a lot of stories to weed through. This particular show, this is interesting. You know, I, I, I had gotten a job at the car lot. The first time I got a job at the car lot, and I was like so excited to play the car lot. You know, that's, a, that's like the pinnacle. Oh, well, thank you, Jay. And so... Uh, I, but I didn't have a show. I didn't have anything. And, I, and then I, I got, in, got involved with the great John Otto, this incredible piano player, arranger. Unfortunately, not with us anymore. But he helped me get the show. And I wrote the show. And I don't know, it's just been a really successful show. It, it has some great music. And it changes all the time. But, you know, it's pretty set. And it's uh, it's just been a... And it is a distilling of a lot of stories. You're right. You know, you got to shrink stuff down. You can go on forever. I've also got to believe it's somewhat of a reunion every time you go to a different area. You have friends. You know, I see Philadelphia is on here and different spots in, oh, Ohio, I can't wait. in Illinois. You're running into, you know, it's an intimate setting. I got to believe that people are coming up to you that you haven't seen in a while. And it's after the show and before the show, you probably have a little bit of a reunion feel. Well, well in Philadelphia, you know, I taught school in, in Philadelphia for a year at Northeast High. <laughs> so all the teachers are coming to see me. So I'm excited about that. Joe Connolly and the band of teachers, it should be great. But you're right, you know, and, and, and I have to tell you again, going back to how it's like a gift. You know, you get, I get to go sing and dance and people watch. 
Tony, congrats on everything. Congrats on the show. We'll be seeing you uh, at Cafe Carlisle. Uh, I know TonyDanza.com is a great place to go. Do you have a social media site or a website other than that that you want to point us to? I think TonyDanza.com is the place. Or the Carlisle, by the way. The Carlisle is even better. All right. Hey, Tony, congrats. We're looking forward to seeing you. And say hi to your friend in Washington for us. Thanks for having me. Tony Danza, everyone. He's on his way to Washington, D.C. to see a friend, and he's terrific. You've known him all through his TV career and his movie career, and just uh, wonderful. This is different. It's called Standards and Stories. It's a must-see. Uh, even if you're not not a fan of that style of music, check it out. It is a lost art of storytelling, people getting up there and talking about stories. I've seen so many different people do it. And uh, he does it well. You know, he's got a good vibe. He's on his <laughs> he's on his way to Washington to see a friend. So you hear all the train stuff going on, and he's he's setting up his interviews. I'm you know I'm sure the publicists are going nuts trying to get reception for you know he's doing a radio tour. But he's a terrific guy, and you know uh, so many people that have dealt with him, uh, great things to say. But he's a down to earth guy, and he's the type of guy that will be doing an interview on his way to the train. And he is right about the new train spot in New York City. The trains look great. They feel great. All the Amtraks are, are looking better and better. I love train travel, by the way. Europe uh, has, I was going to say, they have us beat in some ways because everything's connecting. We don't have that exactly. Uh, Amtrak does a very good job for it. But anyway, standards and stories for Tony Danza is, you know, he's like he said, it's a gift. He's being paid to go out there and tell stories and have fun and, and sing with a you know, four-piece band. And he's singing standards with a uh, bass, guitar, piano, uh, drums. It works, and it works. And everyone who's seen him live uh, has had nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, Tony Dancy, of course, you know him from Who's the Boss and Taxi, and you know so many different things. He had his own talk show for a while, but he's a down-to-earth guy. He's a New Yorker. Uh, he sounds like a New Yorker. He's got that Philly in him, too. He, he taught for a year in Philadelphia, if you think about it. And I'm sure he probably taught about it, uh, 100 kids, but there's probably about 1,000 kids going around saying that uh, they were taught by Tony Danza in Philadelphia. Uh, just like, you know, I'm not comparing the two. It's a different dynamic, but Woodstock, right? I mean, Woodstock had half a million people there or whatever. Probably 10 million people have claimed to be there. Same thing, if you're in Philadelphia and you were around that time, it's probably so easy for everyone to... Say, yeah, Tony Danza was my teacher. You know, they have anybody who saw him in the hallway or could have seen him in the hallway. Anyway, uh, Standards and Stories is the name. He's got multiple days in New York. He's got June 25th, June 25th at the Carlisle, Carlisle Hotel, and it's Cafe Carlisle in there. And he's got, uh, you know, Philadelphia. I know people, you know, can travel to Philadelphia. But at 54 below, he's there September 26th, 28th, 29th. 30th and October 1st. Tony Danza has been our very special guest. A quick couple of minutes for Tony Danza on his way to see somebody in Washington, D.C., but thrilled to have him. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. Talk radio.